0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Retech podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by the hugely impressive Barry Clip. Now, Barry is a former airline executive-turned-tech entrepreneur. Now, having led the commercial divisions of international airlines, and I had a little dig around Singapore Airlines, Asia uh, AirAsia, and EasyJet, and if we just add Emirates to that list, then he would have all of my favourite airlines, so maybe there's still time. Um, spanning full-service luxury through to low-cost, digitally advanced airlines. Now, Barry then founded Interlinked. So, the reason we're talking to Barry today is Interlinked's a technology company, and I'm going to quote here that uses motivated data and intelligent matching engine to curate product offerings from fashion, beauty, and retail brands with customer bookings from the travel and hospitality industry, all with the intention to drive new streams of revenue to all of the partners. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, we had to find out some more. So, Barry, welcome. Hi, Paul Kelly. <laughs> Yeah, good. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Now, before we get into that, though, um, a question I was like to ask, and you've got a really uh, fascinating background, but way back when, young Barry's in his short trousers at school, what was the actual intended career? What was the dream?
1: I think when I was at school, um, I used to have the opportunity to pop into town. So I'm from London. I used to pop into town with my, my father, who used to work on the edge of the city in Shoreditch um and i used to go shopping in town when i was about 16 17 and, and i used to see these incredible buildings as you go down Bishopsgate. with these incredible marble walls and sculptures and i always used to wonder what was going on in there mm. found out there was banks and investments and what have you i thought well, that sounds interesting there's nothing else just to work in the building right. um so that was the dream i think at one point um i wasn't bad at economics and i thought maybe that's the, that's the route i should go down and uh had the opportunity to join um um essentially a stockbroker kind of company, um, a small one, turned it down for, for various reasons um, and then found myself in, into the airline industry on a, on a, an advert in a newspaper. Oh, so really? That's really where it all began. My, my parents are uh, ex-travel industry as well, father travel insurance, mother used to work for Pan Am. Um, yeah. and, and so it co- goes through the family a little bit. And um, yeah, uh, the dream was to work in the city, <laughs> had the opportunity, turned it down and found myself flying around the world. So yeah.
0: Uh, that's not too bad of a substitute. And 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 you're right, some amazing buildings, but there's amazing buildings all around the world as well. So perhaps you've seen a, a few more. So so I'm interested, that first role. So there was an advert that just said, it didn't say come along and, and run the commercial operations for Singapore Airlines, did it, in the first instance? No, it definitely didn't. Um, I was still at university, came back uh, for the summer break before the
1: exams kicked in. And there was an advert there in the paper, an Evening Standard, um, and it said they were looking for someone to be a marketing officer in their European team. Went along for the interview, um, and it just so happened that their European team was headed up by one of the big head honchos from Singapore that was living in London at the time. And we got on very well, and um, I was fortunate to to get that role. Uh, Went off to disappear back to university to finish my final exams. And I got a call one day from the secretary of this gentleman saying um, he'd like to have a chat with you. And he said, uh, hello, Barry, he said... um, you know we enjoyed talking with you and we, we wondered if one day you might be interested in running the airline <laughs> <laughs> okay. you know and at the age of whatever i was you know 1920 at the time finishing the exams at uni i thought okay uh said, come in take some exams and um part of a management trainee program that they were going to create for me and, and sure enough went through the exams got the position as a management trainee and then uh, went off but the thing that, that really interests me uh with singapore airlines at the time was the fact they were an innovator and mm-hmm the big advert was about the fact they were launching this new aircraft called the a380 big super jumbo which is now prevalent in the skies um and they were the first to fly it um i did my thesis on uh commercial innovation at university and i thought that sounds cool so uh went for it and and ended up being on the project that launched the um, aircraft so that was almost uh seeing the advert and actually being part of it uh which was incredible so i have a lot of people to thank for the for the career that i had at singapore airlines pushing me through the ranks and up into the marketing and running um, running their marketing for the UK. And then I got pushed over to Singapore uh, for a couple of years um, to, to work with their leadership team in driving revenue, uh, which, which again was fascinating. You're working in different markets from the UK, you know, not only Asia, but the Americas, um, Australia, New Zealand. Um, so absolutely fascinating to see different cultures um, and work in different ways with different teams. And along the way, um, I met a very interesting chap uh, who owned an airline empire uh, in Malaysia, set it up uh, a chap called Tony Fernandez who owns a group called AirAsia. It's a group of nine airlines as well as multi other businesses that he owns and runs. And we actually met on a plane, uh, both sitting in first class, uh, me by the grace of the company, him by obviously his wallet. And and, and we got chatting and we got on very, very well. And um, time went on. I moved out to Singapore and we got chatting again. And he said, would you like to come and, and join my leadership team? And, I came in to set up his corporate division. Um, I'd, under, I'd be working on B2B and corporate travel in that world. And he said, look, he said, we're a low-cost airline. There's got to be something in that for us. Are you interested in setting it out for us? So I said, yeah, why not? You know, I've been 11 years with Singapore Airlines, I was due to go to India. I thought, not sure my then girlfriend was keen on going to India, um, but wouldn't mind going to Kuala Lumpur. So I packed up from Singapore, moved over to Kuala Lumpur, and, um, and went over to work for, for AirAsia and built their corporate division. That went very well, made him a lot of money. And, uh, and they moved me up to run their three long-haul low-cost airlines called AirAsiaX, uh, so I was chief commercial uh, for their three airlines. Um, then moved on to something called ancillary revenue, which is if, uh, well, come on, it's part of Interlink, to be fair, but um, if you ever bought a holiday, you would have been tried to be upsold to car hire, travel insurance, onboard products, duty-free, you name it. And the low-cost airlines do it so well, and, um, and, and I was in charge of that for the nine airlines um, globally uh, for the group. And then EasyJet came calling uh, through a headhunter. Uh, I just got married to a loving lady from Mallorca. Uh, so he thought maybe it was time to, to move back to Europe after five years away. Came back and, um, and joined uh, the leadership team of EasyJet and, and for various corporate uh, strategy and um, an ancillary place. And, uh, and then unfortunately, fast forward to, to where are we? 2020, COVID comes along and, and pretty much turns my career to dust after 17 years, which is a very scary time. Um, I became friends with a chap who is now president of WizAir, and he introduced me to all the top uh, consultancies, and they got me involved in in various projects, and Bain, who are a very large consultancy from the States, uh, put me on a contract and said, would you like to come be an expert advisor to travel companies um, as they look to grow revenue, to retail companies as they look to work out how to monetize space and things like that. So I got involved in that for a little bit and then came up. Well, I actually came up with the idea for Internet about five years ago, but okay. I, I guess in the world of uh, COVID and, and really nothing happening for a couple of years, it gave me the opportunity to start looking at it again, and um, and here we are, a year and a bit on with with a company that's um, pushing along. So it's exciting, scary because it's a startup, it's my own
0: world, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's where we are now. Uh, I'm, I'm sat there listening. I mean, that is unbelievable. I'm start there. You get a phone call to say, "Go <laughs> you know, come and join Singapore Airlines." As, as a similar age, I got a phone call to say, would you come and run a, go- a grocery store for the co-op? <laughs> so I'm feeling quite lacking at the moment. Time. So uh, that, that, uh, but, yeah. but, but However, well, the A380 is without a doubt yeah. the most fabulous aircraft in the skies, <laughs> and long may it continue. I, I yeah. am I'm one of those people that can tell it, even depending on whatever class you have to fly yeah. in the airline, which row to try and sit in, which are the better seats. So yeah, I I completely subscribe to that, yeah. uh, to that club. So yeah, the ancillary revenue bit, totally get that and you're right the budget airlines you know we all know the scratch cards going up and down the you know trying to sell you the car higher at thirty thousand feet as well yeah. as 17 times before you take off as well <laughs> so i mean i was reading about the system mm. uh, and sort of connecting customers with retailers and brands and it just sounded absolutely fascinating so i'm intrigued mm. so i get how you came up with it with the idea but tell me a little bit more about the system. How is it plugged yeah, together?
1: Well, How's it work? Sure.
0: Well, perhaps I'll take a step back. Actually, Interlink was born out of the
1: idea because all the airlines and travel companies do upsell you to car hire, travel insurance, hotels and activities. But they have never, ever tried to sell you the fashion, beauty and retail products mm-hmm. that you're actually going to buy for the holidays you've just bought. Right. Never. Um, and I'd worked on the duty-free world and the pre-book and collector airport, which is controlled by a, a specific group of uh, companies, uh, Heinemanns, DFASs, and that world. And so I had this idea. I thought, why can't I take the Westfields of this world, the Bonus Streets of this world, bring them all together and allow the travel industry to earn off the demand they are driving to those industries? Because you go and buy an airline ticket, you're sitting at the airport for three hours. The airlines have spent a fortune in marketing to get on the seat. They spent a fortune in fees at the airport. And yet, despite the fact you go and buy something from, Chanel, Rolex, Mapping and Web, whatever it might be at the airport, or whatever shop it might be, alcohol or chocolate, actually the airline gets nothing from it. And there's something fundamentally wrong in that balance, in in that dynamic. So that's where Interlink was born from. The technology um, is born from an idea that I thought, could I match people's holidays with brands and products from those brands? And we went about building a matching engine. And literally it takes data from my booking, uh, non-PII data in this world of GDPR, um, and builds the perfect curated offering for your holiday. And it pulls the products from the brands. So if you were going to a beach holiday to Barbados or Mallorca or wherever it might be, um, it will pull back swimwear, suntan, ocean, sunglasses, from specific brands that are specific to the type of booking you have booked, price points, destination, feel of the place, culture of the place. Um, and it, it's a very cool piece of tech. Um, when I said about to my, my now CTO, I said, this is what I want to do. I said, can you do it? He said, let's have a go. Yeah. And sure enough, we've, um, we've built it. So we have the proprietary technology. Um, it works end-to-end. Um, and uh, we're very pleased with it. We, we, you know, we, we can pivot and adapt, and, and as you do as a startup. But uh, right from the off, it did what exactly what we wanted to do. Um, and, and the brands are very intrigued by it. And so are the travel companies. So uh, it's very encouraging so far.
0: And do you know, if I put my sort of uh, you know, travel hat on, yeah. You know, I will. Uh, you know, my wife and I through, you know, through Heathrow Terminal Five, and so we purposely went there to buy some items on the way out. But yeah. that was not facilitated through, in this case, you know, on British Airways at all. It was, yeah. it, it. You're right. It was independent. And if we'd been offered that ahead of time with a fast track click and collect know, appointment, um, yeah. you know, I think, yeah, you know, it's just, it, it yeah. 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 Well, that, that exists at the moment, but in, in truth, I didn't want to
1: get into that game. That that world, to be fair, exists. The click and collect, the pickup of the airport, that, that's prevalent. You know, British Airways will try and sell you things to pick up on board. Um, as I say, I was working on that years ago with Air Asia. We we did it. But but what we really wanted to do was to understand consumer behaviour when they go and buy products, you know, to understand when someone actually goes to boots and buys Suntan Lotion or goes to look fantastic to buy fragrances, Mm. or goes to Ralph Lauren to buy a top for their city trip that they're going on, or goes to ASOS or Boohoo, whatever it might be, Um, there is no research out there at all. And that that triggered it for me, because I thought if there's no research at all on this, on what people spend on their holidays, on what people buy, then there's something in this, because there's an angle and an opportunity Mm. that that surely has um, a revenue stream for for the relevant parties, the travel companies and the brands. And the one thing that clinched it for me was that when I was sitting there in the summer and I wasn't going anywhere on holiday, but I was getting emails left, right and center from all the fashion brands saying, get ready for your summer vacation. Here's our Here's our swimwear, here's our tops, here's our shirts. I wasn't going anywhere. So a completely wasted email on me, completely wasted marketing dollars And and that clinched it for me because our engine knows exactly where people are going, when they're going, their gender, how much they're spending. We are so far down the funnel on when someone's going to decide what they're going to buy, Mm. that it becomes a very, very targeted marketing solution for for the brands. And that's really where we're looking to play along with driving a completely free stream of revenue to the travel industry because we split our our revenue with them. Yeah,
0: Yeah, you're right. It is that focus, isn't it? You know, receiving emails about, you know, get your beach shorts and you think well actually i've just booked a skiing trip that's it's right. not quite that but yeah, yeah. along those lines no, no, no. Exactly so, i mean it, it sort of blows my mind a little bit but have you any idea how big the market is i mean i get yeah. why airlines and businesses would want to yeah. to use you to reach customers but what on earth is the size of the opportunity to you believe for
1: them yeah so out of the uk uh, the opportunity is about 16 billion so on average you know in terms of people going on their holidays out of the uk international travel or domestic travel Buying a fashion, beauty, or retail product for that holiday they've just booked—it's about 16 billion. You're looking at about 270 pounds per head uh, in terms of what they buy. And if you think about it, if you pop on down to or you go online these days, really, and, that, and in fact, COVID helped us in that space—it pushed the online retail pretty far forward. Um, but if you think about it, you know, you'll go to Boots, and if you're going on a summer trip, I'm pretty sure you'll spend at least 40 odd pounds on uh, on suntan lotion, and then you'll go and buy some shorts, and you go and buy a t-shirt, and if you go into a city trip you'll go and buy a backpack or you'll go and buy trainers. or Invariably, you will buy something. Uh, And so when you look at the spectrum of types of holidays from the low cost to the super high end, that's where that average comes out at about 270 because people will pop down on a ski trip to Harvey Nichols and buy a Montclair ski jacket because they're off to wherever they're going. Um, Likewise, they're off to Bulgaria and they'll buy something from Trespass, who are also on the platform. So you've got that balance. Um, So yeah, about 16 billion we, we anticipate out of the UK. Uh, it's about $370 billion globally um, that people spend on their fashion, beauty and retail products for the holidays they're going on.
0: So I guess if you, I, I guess <laughs> if you guys got half of that market, then uh, you <laughs> revenue, so you probably couldn't retire yeah. on that, Barry, but it'd go a long way just to. Uh,
1: well, uh, um, well, the way it works is uh, well, look, there are multiple revenue streams to our business, whether it's the commission on the sale. Um, through the affiliate networks which are there and been there for a long time Um, or it's the actual advertising revenue from the brands that want to join the platform get in front of the right customer at the right time Um, and that's not included by the way in that 16 billion pound that's a completely side uh, track of revenue arguably larger Um, and uh, as I say we split that uh, of a significant percentage with the travel industry but if you think about it even if you were looking at 20% you know, you're still talking in the billions in terms of the revenue. So, so the opportunity is there, but it is an education piece because the travel industry is so used to selling everything else but this, yeah. that you've really got to hammer it home that they should be getting a free stream of revenue for the demand they're selling to these companies. You know.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It's their customers, isn't it? The, the driver. It is. the Yeah, that's so right. It so, you know, such a fast... Pay, you know, you're in travel, you're in brands, retail. Wow. Give me a little... Talk to me about your day-to-day at the minute. So you sit down, yeah. You open the laptop, I don't know, the book that brings you the cup of tea and the slice of toast in the morning before you start the day. Um, <laughs> That's my dog, yeah. <laughs> what, what on earth, what, what's taken up the bulk of your time, Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, literally every day we are talking to new travel companies that are interested in working with us. We are talking to airlines. I mean, these are big conglomerate airlines, you know, ginormous mass- monsters that, that I've worked for before. But yeah, now you don't have the big brand on your back. So, that, you know, you're fighting every day. Um, which, which is great fun, tiring, but great fun. Um, you're convincing a brand that your platform has value uh, versus just their standard marketing spend. So you're talking to brands. Um, I'm talking to investors because we've just raised an investment round, but closed it about three months ago, um, which again was completely new for me, nothing I'd ever done before. And learning the right language and the documents you have to put in front of investors to, to convince them to invest. So, so every day is, is fascinating. And every day it's a different country because we deal with international companies looking to target the UK customer base at the moment. So, so it, and every day is, it's a brilliant chat because they've never come across anything like this, which is fascinating really because it's yeah. arguably a very simple concept with some pretty cool tech underneath the hood. But,
0: but do you know what? I, I just by I have this perception. Yeah, things that are successful take 50% of something we know and yeah. blend it with 50% of something new. Yeah. The telephone it went mobile the yeah. you know the the car that went electric it's something we're all comfortable with and it's a new bit of tech. Yeah. You're doing something that we're all comfortable with and you're layering a new spin on it. So yeah. when I listen to you enthusing about it I'm thinking well everybody gets the driving revenue from your customers you know and then you're putting a new layer of opportunity. So it seems to fit that model of of successful tech if you
1: like. yeah i mean look we're not reinventing the wheel that people go out and buy things for the holidays they've just bought uh, we're just finding the revenue stream that is is of value to the the brands the fashion beauty and retail brands and ultimately a fair share of the revenue that should go to the person that originally set up the demand which is which is in this case the travel and hospitality industry so yeah yeah
0: it's great so um just a little bit more about those retailers and brands i yeah. had a quick dig around do i see something like a thousand or something. Yeah. Am I making this up? Did I, like, not sure I found uh, that figure out no, there no. in the ether? I mean, it's yeah. So huge.
1: Yeah. No, we, we, um, we do, we do indeed have a, uh, about a thousand rands if not more i mean we've got about 125 130 retailers so perhaps that's the way to say it but obviously within those retailers they offer multiple brands Uh, and so there's that expansion there and we were able to to dig into the right brand for the right customer um but yes uh and and beautifully it spans across every type of holiday you could imagine that you would want to go on from the purpose of, of fashion beauty and retail so everything from that mass market forgive me for saying but asos and boohoo in in that world um yes fast fashion Um, to the super high end of Harvey Nichols, to Malone Souyer, to Barbara Sturm in beauty, Um, even to the likes of Waterstones, to WH Smith, to Boots, um, look fantastic, the Hut Group. Uh, And so, yeah, we've tried to span everything. We've got golf companies on there because people go for golf holidays. Um, And my objective was really to get the right products in front of the right customer. Um, And that's what we've done. We set about building the shop before we then took it to the travel companies because we knew we had to have that critical mass. So, so yes, it's, it's been a ride. Um, it was tough to get the first few. But then once you get a few, you start to get known and, and thankfully. And now we've actually got airport retailers coming to us wanting to get to that customer before they get anywhere near the airport. Right. That's fascinating um, because that really does change the
0: dynamics for airport retail as well. Um, so, yeah, it's getting interesting. So, so, I mean, we talked about the size of the market, but what's the what's the vision for the business, if you like? You know, what's the future hold? You say you've got the investors on there. You know, yeah, where, where's yeah. where's the roadmap for, for the business itself?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, the investment is small um, and we, we raised a quarter of a million um, as a, I guess you'd call it seed, you know, to give us the opportunity to, to really focus rather than me having to look for a job, yeah. um, you know, and, and particularly with the airline industry opening up again post-COVID, there's been a few calls. Um, likewise bring my business partner on full-time allowing us to really focus on on the the brands and the travel where we want to take it actually there's there's multiple areas um we obviously we want to take it globally um we're, we're focusing on the uk customer base first um but ultimately it's an engine that can be pivoted into any country uh, the fashion brands tend to be similar and certainly on the larger side then we've got the independent brands that sit in every country that want to target target uh, customers and then ultimately the input which is the travel data You know, it doesn't matter whether you're talking to a travel agency or an airline that's out of the UK or if you're talking to one in South America, the data is the same. They're going off on holiday somewhere. Um, So so we believe it has that scale, which we're we're hoping to to push ahead. Um, And then where I really want to take it is I want to take this matching engine and pivot into different industries. And the whole point is to look at a proprietary seller of a product. So at the moment you're talking about holidays. But if you took it to property, you buy a house. Invariably, you buy a house, you're going to do something to that house. You're going to buy furniture. You're going to buy add-on products and arguably that real estate agent that sold you that house should get a piece of the slice for the pie right. because they've driven the demand so there's real estate there the pet market the lifestyle market anywhere there's a proprietary seller of a product you have that periphery world of everybody trying to sell you something to go with it and we believe we're the engine to link the two interlink the two yes. interlinking of industries yeah so that's yeah, the dream. Really, really. <laughs> yeah.
0: so- just I guess finally, you know if you're sort of um, your whiteboard at the back of the office, what? I mean, all the extra markets mm. innovations, developments coming down the line, you know
1: yeah we, we've we've been um, we've been updating. so so obviously the first part is getting an MVP out there. I mean all of our products and 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 we did that and we, we built the the engine, we built the um, the white label emails. we built the white label shopping mall so every travel company can have their own shopping mall. Um, we've been pivot, we've been adapting the, the emails to make them slicker, to make them look better, um, and, and soon we'll turn our attention to the shopping mall. You know, the ability to have one basket for multiple brands, one click, one purchase. I know there are pro- companies working on that, and we believe we can work with them or, or, or try and do it ourselves. The integration with loyalty programs, um, the earn and burn. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of opportunity, and I guess one of the big challenges is focus. You know, you've got to decide where you want to focus your, your attention. Um, on any given day, uh, and which one's going to move the needle, but um, we're still early stages. But um, there's an exciting opportunity ahead.
0: Yeah, I guess the focus is it because you know I can sit here and get excited and think there's there's fifty <laughs> parallel projects that would make sense. You've got to figure out the yeah. one, two, three, five to do. Otherwise, you'll just be you know really really busy on on a, a lots yeah
1: of- yeah. It's, it's either that or you go after some significant investment. um And there's some interesting conversations going along at the moment, even with. with the world of Silicon Valley, you know, it's just yeah, sure staggering right. um to be involved in those conversations. And uh, you know, you either go very, very big very quickly or, or you build up. Um we'll have to see. We'll have to see where we go. But I'll uh, uh, watch
0: yeah. I I was only reading this week that uh due to COVID and the lockdown that uh, uh, VCs are sat on literally I can't remember, $160 billion burning oh, a hole in their pocket. So yeah, maybe that's what your
1: name Barry. No, no, there's a cautiousness, of course. And obviously with the world going in, in the way it's going with, with reset, potential recessions and, and customers cutting back, perhaps the beauty of what we do is people will still go on their holidays and people will still buy products for their holidays. And, and that for us is the value for a brand, a fashion, beauty and retail brand, yeah. that we have that connection to put them in front of these uh these customers that are willing and able to spend. And I think that's probably the, the beauty of that niche that we've found. Um, people still do go on holidays in recessions. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're hoping that continues. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, Barry, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you. I wish you every success. We shall watch with interest on your <laughs> progress. I shall uh, look forward to being uh, sold to in a targeted way uh, <laughs> uh, on, my, on my next uh, holiday, or uh, I don't play golf, so you can't sell me any ancillary purchases, <laughs> but there you go. Um, but stuff. now Barry thank you so much indeed for taking the time and I wish you all the success
1: pleasure thanks ever so much Paul. appreciate it